You're listening to the Palo Buzz, your source for all things digital marketing and advertising. Welcome. I'm Keith Stinson, content marketer and copywriter for Palo Creative. We have a lot to get to today. We're gearing up for the Inbound Marketing Conference happening the first week of September. Palo Creative President and CEO Rob Palowitz and Digital Media Director Jim Komara will be attending the show. Stock photography is easy to find and most times free. Sure, that's great for business, especially when you get something out quick. But is it too good to be true? Because you're pulling a photo from a credible website like Pixel Bay or Pixels doesn't mean it's copyrighted. And if you get caught using it on your website, in a blog article, or on social media, it's going to cost your business thousands, perhaps even millions of dollars. So let's jump right into it. John Elias, marketing and media manager at Palo Creative. Uh, websites like Pixel Bay promote free images and royalty-free stock photos, but that may not be the case. Right? So when people see hey, free stock site, they're like, oh, awesome, because iStock, you know, can be a little bit pricey if you're if you're paying for a subscription or, you know, Shutterstock and other sites like that. So they free, they see free stock images and they, and they get all excited. But the one thing that companies and um, people trying to use these commercially need to remember is that these are user supplied image sites. So it's not Pixabay supplying the images. It's not Pexels. It's not Unsplash giving these images away. It's actually users with accounts uploading these images. So what that means is that the user is that's uploading it is saying, hey, I own the rights to this image and I'm now sharing it with everybody else. And most of the time that those are okay. However, uh, Unsplash and Pixabay, they've started to, or the, no, this is how they were set up. They gave themselves an out. Um, so if somebody takes, a user takes an image that they weren't supposed to, say they take a licensed image from Getty Images, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is mine. Here, you guys can all use this too. Unsplash and Pixabay have to say, hey, we're not liable if anything like that happens. So I'm going to actually read. It's not too long. I'm going to actually read in the terms and conditions of Pixabay what it says, just so everybody's aware, because, I mean, it's kind of hidden down there, and if you don't do the research, you may not realize. Um, it says, please be aware that while all the images and videos on Pixabay are free to use for commercial and non-commercial purposes, sounds good, Depicted items in the images or videos, such as identifiable people, logos, brands, etc., may be subject to additional copyrights, property rights, privacy rights, trademarks, etc., and may require the consent of a third party or the license of these rights, particularly for commercial use. Pixabay does not represent or warrant that such consents or licenses have been obtained and expressly disclaims any liability in this respect. <laughs> nice. So they said basically, you guys are on your own, you know, we're just here to facilitate this transaction of images. It's up to you guys to make sure that it's all, you yeah. know, good and dangerous. It sounds like they got their uh, language from the old Napster <laughs> site that used to share music <laughs> right. files. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like I said, most of the time it's okay, but, you know, we have been noticing, you're seeing trademarked images in there that are kind of, you know, you see them and they're like, there's no way that somebody has the rights to that image, so let's, let's stay off. So... Mm -hmm. We'll talk more at the end a little bit about best practices with images, but you know, just just starting this off, it's something that you need to be careful about. Even something that says it's free and that it has uh, no license needed or no additional license needed, you got to just do your research and make sure that what you're doing and what you're sharing for your company is is uh, a good image and free to use. So the photos says to use. Sorry. So the photos um, of models and people in the photography. They necessarily don't have the paperwork signed off by that, which mm -hmm. Stephanie 
who's our digital marketer, she's going to explain that problem. Yeah. So to kind of expand on what um, John was just talking about, of course, you know, a majority of stock images on these photo sharing sites are of people. <clears throat> and even though, you know, a photographer uploads an image on these sites of someone, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that person, that model gave legal consent for the image to be used, you know, especially for commercial purposes. So um, the important thing to know is legally a photographer or business, you know, using the photo actually needs to get a model release for every rights holder in the photo. This includes any business logos and identifiable people, which is what kind of what John just said. Um, and some of you may be asking, okay, well, what do you mean by identifiable? How did you know that was my question? <laughs> like, am, am I? Because I don't think I'm very identifiable <laughs> no, in public. I but you. if you can yeah. see the person's face, right. is that what it means? Yeah. So if you can see the person's face, you know, clearly, and, you know, the photo is for commercial use, you legally need consent or you could be held liable for the image. Mm-hmm. So I need to do a little more homework on that because I love to do like street photography. So the people in the street that I just randomly take photos of. Yeah. Yeah. How do the how do street <laughs> photographers do that then? Uh, and, and so uh, that's a little confusing. And then on the photographer side, I know if I take a photo, I automatically own the rights to the photo itself the photo because itself. I'm the photographer. Right, exactly. So how does that interplay work with the person that I'm taking the picture <laughs> oh of? Like, gosh. I feel like we're going to have uh, one well, person's holding one part of the photo and it's like the cartoons, you know, they're pulling the photo both ways. It's we, mine, it's mine. There's a legal <laughs> battle happening right now. So for the second time, I'd send you guys an article about Gigi Hadid. That's mm -hmm. how you pronounce that. So she shared an article that a photographer took of her right. on her Instagram without his permission, but it's a picture of her. Of right. Mm -hmm. And they estimated that she, you know, accumulated X amount of profits and revenue from posting mm -hmm. that picture that the photographer never saw. So the photographer's suing her for copyright infringement of a picture of herself. Own the rights of that right. actual picture photo. herself. So mm -hmm. But if but if he tried to sell say a poster of her go uh -huh. sell that oh, print like I think he yeah. would be in trouble then because he doesn't have a a release right a release Steph? yeah so he exactly. didn't get the so he can't go sell it or post it himself <laughs> without her permission mm -hmm. but she shouldn't be able to go share it on her instagram and not credit the photographer right, right? exactly got her in trouble yeah so they both own it it's like having a baby <laughs> it is you're right it's kind of a back and forth battle <laughs> it's a baby photo <laughs> nice that's a good way to put it <laughs> so and the reason we're talking about this today too is because you know as a, as a business you're always looking for ways to get yourself out there with it social posts print pieces, blogs that, you know, have images in them. So a lot of times you need imagery. And right. yeah, and if you don't have the resources to have a photographer or a team of photographers to get you all of, you know, a, an entire library of images, you're likely oh. going to be looking for sites Okay, like so this. right, you're, you're talking about like regular, uh, like stock imagery mm -hmm. where it could just be a mood, people shopping on a street. Right. Or am I getting a good shot mm -hmm. of somebody shopping on the street? Right. So if I grab it from a free site, it may not really be rights free. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I yeah. noticed that on Google. One time I was reading the, uh, the free images tag on the Google image search and it has similar language. Like Google isn't guaranteeing that those images are actually rights free. Because mm -hmm. there's a there's a search filter on Google images. So you can search for free available to use photos mm -hmm. on Google, but no one's guaranteeing that. That just happens mm -hmm. to be whatever the person who uploaded the photo, however they tagged it. Right. Yeah, the legalese is kind of funny. It's like 
I'm not taking any responsibility for anything, but here you go. Right. <laughs> and these sites have made it so convenient for businesses to just right. grab these yeah. images, but you know, it really is risky if yeah. you, you know, dig into the fine print. Sounds like it could put you in some hot water and you get a letter <laughs> from a lawyer. That's a good lawyer. segue. So yeah. Jim, what are the consequences that a business uh, could end up with if they get caught with a stock photo without the proper licensing? I mean, is there jail right. time? Is there fines? You can get, you can actually get in really big trouble. So it can be anything from uh, a lawyer sending a letter to say, you know, take down that post, that page, that photo. Um, and if you don't, or if it goes further, they can um, prosecute a person or business um, according to the United States, like uh, trademark laws. And oh yeah, lawyer disclaimer, nobody here is a lawyer. So if any of this sounds like legal advice, it is not. We're not giving legal advice to anybody, but <laughs> you have to do a little bit of research and homework just to be able to operate you know, in social media these days. So yeah, the trouble you can get into, let me go ahead, I, I pulled up a, a section of uh, criminal charges, article 78, article 78-2. Now, are you a lawyer, Jim? Infringers of a trademark right are punishable mm -hmm. by imprisonment with work. With Wait, work. I, now, I'm going to back up a little bit. <laughs> I might be reading the Japanese law here. <laughs> because, so, uh, last Olympics, I ran into this because I was checking out usage of the Olympic rings. And the Olympics, every time there's an Olympics, they put out advertising guidelines, use of their logos, use or not, you know, how to use or not use their terms. And then they also slap in there some paragraphs about what's going to happen to you if you do abuse the Olympic rings and get caught. Um, so they mostly pull that from United States code. But I think there's a some kind of mix between United States code and Japanese law here because it says imprisonment with work. <laughs> that's a that's a new one on me. For a term not exceeding 10 years, a fine not exceeding 10 million yen. That's another clue. It might be a Japanese code there. <laughs> or a combination thereof. Any person who has committed an act deemed to constitute an infringement of copy... Oh, excuse me, of trademark right is punishable to imprisonment with work for a term of not exceeding five years or five million yen or a combination thereof. Wow. That's pretty extreme. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the, the change over to the U.S. dollars is, but it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not going to be good. It doesn't it's sound good. <laughs> right. It might even be more or, or pretty close. I don't know what the, what the trade uh, what the trade situation is there. So, for example, if you have a social media post schedule and you're like, oh, the Olympics is coming up. One of our, you know, gymnasts, one of our skiers is going to um, do great. You're not allowed to wish them luck in the upcoming Olympics. You're not allowed to say the word Olympics. So, I know, I just said it, right. So this part of our podcast is just to talk about the things you're not allowed to say ahead of time. During the blackout dates, which are around the Olympics, is really when these are like enforced. Mm -hmm. okay. So if you, you know, if I say the word Olympics now, I'm, I'm referring to it in the future, 
and you know we're given advice of what not to say but yeah in order to tell you what not to say or write it's you gotta <laughs> say it or write it say to it tell too. you what not to say so i'll just go down the list of terms real quick once <laughs> this is good to know i mean if companies are thinking about making posts during the olympics yeah, yeah. you would do it so innocently like as right. a company oh i wish this athlete Good luck in the Tokyo 2020 game Olympics. Mm-hmm. There, there's like a should be a buzzer going yeah. off of all the things you can't say, like Tokyo 2020. You can't say you can't say Olympics, Olympism, Olympium, Olympiad, Paralympics, Paralympium. You can't say Citrus, Altius, Fortius, or faster, higher, stronger, or you can't say that in Japanese either. <laughs> if you do, you're violating the the thing. So spirit in motion. That's a co- copy trademark wow. phrase that the Olympics has uh, trademarked, and you're violating their c- trademark if you use it. Wow! And now, so yeah. that's something I don't think people you don't think of it right. Really, be mm-hmm. uh, think of that Olympic flame, Olympic torch, athletes of the Japanese Olympic delegation. Not allowed to say that. Not allowed to say Gambari Nippon. Not allowed to say it. And uh, on and on and on. Can't use the hashtags. You can't use any logos and the list goes on. Doesn't that take away the point of hashtags? <laughs> <laughs> like here, we're going to make up a hashtag for the Olympics, but you can't use it. Can Wait a minute. It. That's, That's a, a good, good point. point. <laughs> yeah. So individuals can use it. So Keith or Jonathan at home, you know, you're welcome to hashtag the Olympics. Oh, but a business, a business is not. Can't. Unless you're an official sponsor. And then there's a list of those on their website, which is like Coca-Cola and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. big companies. But that's a good point. You can't, that's the whole point of a hashtag is to get people to use it. Yeah, right. And then you're going to tell people, don't use a hashtag. You can't feature Olympic athletes in your posts. No pictures. You can't wish them luck. You can't share anything from... Ooh, you can't share anything from an official Olympic social media account. Even retweets are prohibited. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? How's anybody going to know to follow you? Okay. What if they listen to this podcast? Hear me out. Okay. What if I shared... Olympics post and then Paolo shared my post that I don't know I'd still t- I'd, I'd avoid it <laughs> if I was a business risky I'd business. stay away yeah <laughs> that's crazy oh wow okay so that's a lot of rules so that now that might be the most extreme example the Olympics spends a lot of time making sure nobody can abuse use or you know anything that they have uh, to, to do with there so why do you think the Olympics specifically has such strict Wow, is this because there's so oh. many countries involved? or It's almost feeling like I, I know too much about it now. <laughs> I should have probably not researched it this much. But so the whole first part of their brand guideline puts that, lays out the case as to why. And it's because so much money that, that they need to run the Olympics is generated by um, sponsorship revenue. Like 34% of all the revenue of the Olympics is from the sponsors. Uh-oh. And if you muddy the water and cloud that space of people that are allowed mm-hmm. to promote and talk about the Olympics, you're actually devaluing their sponsorship of the Olympics and taking away from the Olympics. Gotcha. Because you've made it less valuable yeah, for the that advertisers that are paying millions and millions Premium of dollars. Premium prices, mm-hmm. right? Right. So on one hand, you'd think, gee, I'm just promoting the Olympics. Wouldn't that help them? Mm-hmm. But no, the, the little bit of business bump that, that your small business is going to give the Olympics is like, they don't want that. They, they just want mm-hmm. the big... They just want the big fish. The, the big sponsor money. <laughs> they don't want right. guys like... 
like me. Right. Whereas a regular, one of our other businesses that we're advertising for, they'd love it. If right. some other business just mm -hmm. decided to start using their hashtags, they'd think that was great. Yeah. Right. Like the Panerathon locally. Like, I mean, you, yeah. you would, you would, everybody yeah, should yeah, use a hashtag. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sponsor or no sponsor. So that's, that's a good point. It's the Olympics is very, very unique, extreme example. So then what are our best practices to getting photos the right way? Yeah, so for the Olympics, you're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> Skip it. Well, I think, I think uh, <laughs> so with the image images and, and stock photography and things like that, first off, I think we should follow up with a blog after this. So we'll, you know, just to expand on it, because yeah, there's so much we, we can really talk about. lay this out in a blog That's after. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. But there's a few different ways um, you can approach getting imagery as a company. Um, the first being, you know, actually paying for a, a, a subscription like a Shutterstock, an iStock, where you're actually seeing the license. Hey, I'm, I, I can use this now because I just paid for it. You know, you still have to read the terms on those because some of those are limited. You know, some might be editorial use only, but other ones, you know, you have free reign to do what you want with once you pay for it. Another way that's, you know, not always available for companies is just having your own sort of imagery you know, having your own content, having your own photographers, getting photography done. So you can hire a photographer to come shoot a bunch of stuff around the office. If you're a manufacturing plant, get a bunch of your products shot, get a bunch of the processes shot. So then not only is it stuff that you can use for whatever purposes you want, but you're also, you know, able to show off uh, your company in the process. The other way, is well the other best practice is to, is to use common sense a little bit when you're looking at these free stock image sites because they're not all bad you know not every image on those free stock image sites are, are going to be getting you in trouble but if you see a logo in one of them or if you see uh, somebody's face like steph said just have a the, famous athlete a famous athlete it's like hey that, that photo shouldn't okay. be there <laughs> right. that photo should not be free there's probably a license okay. that you should have associated mm -hmm. with that and just stay away from that one. But if it's a photo of a random flower in a field that you're looking that <laughs> yeah, you're using as a, as a blog header, that you should don't be fine. Necessarily need yeah. Make sure you read the fine print. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a big thing. Well, before we go, Jim's going inbound All in right. two weeks. So what's marketing conference? So, so what do you think? It, what are you most excited about for Inbound? Or who are some of the speakers that are going to be presenting that you look forward to seeing? Yeah, so one, one of the things I'm looking forward to at Inbound is, is actually, uh, it's not really like the headline speakers. Because like Katie Couric's going to be there and um, she's going to be really interesting to listen to. I'm sure I'll see her. Um, the, the founders of HubSpot will be there. Uh, Brian Halligan and Darmesh. Uh, Darmesh is really uh, very personable and fun to listen to. He's um, like the head developer, programmer guy. Um, so there's a lot of exciting people that are going to be there, but I have to tell you, I like the regular people that are going to be there. So it's really neat because you, you sit in class of like 20 people from all around the world and just getting to meet those other HubSpot users or programmers is actually like most of the fun, if, if you ask me. So... I'm not as worried about the superstars. It's, <laughs> it's it's more fun to me just to like kind of network and, and meet some other people that do this kind of the same job we do, but maybe in Greece or mm -hmm. uh, Brazil or even in New York and just compare notes or talk about whatever, or just joke around and 
you know, have a beer with people in the same industry. It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so much so that the first day we go, I signed up for the, the developer conference instead of the regular agency networking thing. So I get to hang out with all the programmers for a whole day. So that'll be fun. Nice. Is this your second time going? Or uh, have you? I think third. Third. Yep. And third over, the last two, over the last two years, um, has the theme been the same? Are they expressing this, the same techniques and strategies? Or what have you noticed from the first year you went up till now? Oh, yeah. That's a really good question. So I think... It's hard to compare because I feel like I'm kind of learning how to do inbound better. Like the first year, it's so overwhelming. You're kind of just finding your way around and you're like, wow, that's amazing. Oh, that person was so interesting. Oh, this beer is great. <laughs> and so then you're, you know, or the seafood because you're in Boston. And then, and then the next year, I felt like I could kind of manage my time a little better, you know, so I got a little more like specific um, educational sessions that I wanted. I went to specific after conference events that were like more of the people I felt like hanging out with and, and meeting and, and I could kind of control that a little better. That was fun. I don't know how this year's going to work. It's only the third time. So <laughs> the, only, the only thing I, I will miss is uh, that I really uh, got to work towards figuring out a way to help make sure that like more of the Palo crew comes because this would be a blast to do. We should do a podcast at Inbound. From Austin? So yeah. somehow we have to make it work where we're all going to Inbound and not just one or two of us mm-hmm. that are, you know, I, I get it. I'm kind of the ambassador for HubSpot here <laughs> and I'm trying to, you know, keep that on track and I appreciate that, but I really like, I might have to cut this out of the podcast. I don't like going without you guys, so sorry. Uh, I don't mean to get mushy, yeah. <laughs> but I'd rather us all be there, and then we could meet other groups of, of people like mm-hmm. us, and it would be fun. And then test their knowledge against ours. Exactly. Well, that, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, there's a very non-competitive environment. At yeah. They're very friendly right. people. We will be at Do You Live, which Jim, you will be presenting. Shameless plug. We get to go there all as a team. Yeah. That would be yeah. great. Yeah. Which, will, what will you be talking Do about you? at Do You? <laughs> so I have a, a session called Enter Your Goals. And it's supposed, this is like way too out there. I don't even think anybody will get it. It's supposed to be like Enter the Dragon, only Enter <laughs> Your Goals. I might even write it in some kind of Kung Fu script or something like that. Um, but basically, it's just uh, helping businesses define your goals and translate them into things that you can put into Google Analytics and set as a goal, which are, you know, most people call those KPIs. But a lot of the reporting systems and analytics now go beyond KPIs, and you can put your actual goal in the software and then use things like artificial intelligence to optimize your ads towards your goal. So you're kind of skipping the KPI part mm-hmm. and moving right towards optimizing for your goals. If you put your goals into the software, um, it's a good way to document your, your goals because a lot of businesses have goals. They like write them in their financial report, tuck them away, and then they're not, mm-hmm. they don't live anywhere else. So if you want your goals to be like a living, breathing thing you can work towards, you have to document it. Then you have to track your progress towards it. So putting it in software like automates mm-hmm. that process for you. Yeah. You can either see if you're you're making your goals, you're killing your goals, or you haven't come anywhere near your goals, and then <laughs> you're, somebody has some work to do to re-engineer your marketing. So that's that's what we're covering. 
Well, I'm excited. 45 minutes. Yeah, you should come so, to the session. Do you live October 17th and 18th at Stamba Auditorium in Youngstown. So I think 18th is a Friday. Mm, I don't know. I think it is, yeah. Because the 17th is like the workshops. Okay. I think the 18th is a, um, that's October, right? You're October right. Yeah, 18th. 18th is on a Friday. Yep. You should get tickets and go. It's a really great marketing conference. And I, I'm actually ha like happy that they selected me to speak because the speakers are, I, I feel like they're very high quality. So um, I'm like, but kind of proud to be in the mix of the speakers yeah, there at Duyo. There's some really high, I would say, like um, good speakers that, that are going to be there. They're not just, you know, wh whoever they could find. <laughs> there's a lot of applicants and they picked like, I, mean, I think there's like 20 um, speakers. And they, they really sound like experts in their field and they mm -hmm. know what they're talking about. So. And some are national speakers coming in. I believe, in. isn't it Joe Plitzy? Joe Plitzy, yeah. He's from Content Marketing Institute? Right. The Will Content so Marketing wow. Institute. Yeah, he's a, a world-renowned speaker, not just national. Mm -hmm. He's he's worldwide. And then there's some other national speakers coming in for DEO. Fun fact, that he uh, in, uh, founded that in Youngstown. Or not Youngstown, Cleveland. Cleveland, right? Yeah. yeah. So Right in our backyard. Regional connection. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of good marketing that happens right here in Cleveland. We don't have to necessarily go to New York or Chicago. We got it right here. Right, right here. Mm -hmm. Was that the fun fact? Was it? Unless you have a fun <laughs> fact. <laughs> that could be the yeah. fun fact. Steph's got a fun that fact. That was a good one, Keith. <laughs> you think? All right. You want to just close it? I'll just close I think it. We're, I think we're good. All right. For the Palo Creative team, thanks for listening to the Palo Buzz. Make sure to like us on social media, and we have a new website coming soon. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. Until next time, this has been the Palo Buzz.